HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. Today's program is proudly brought to you by Whole Foods Market. Visit WholeFoodsMarket.com or download the Whole Foods Market app to learn more and find the store nearest to you. You're listening to Heritage Radio Network. We're a member-supported food radio network broadcasting over 35 weekly shows live from Bushwick, Brooklyn. Join our hosts as they lead you through the world of craft brewing, behind the scenes of the restaurant industry, inside the battle over school food, and beyond. Find us at heritageradionetwork.org. Welcome to Food Without Borders on Heritage Radio Network. This is a show about food, politics, and identity. I am your host, Sari Kamen, and thanks for tuning in. If you're listening live, this is our new time slot, uh, which is 7 p.m., although we're running a little late today, but pretend like it's 7 p.m. and you're listening live. Um, so I have two guests in studio with me today. I have Rafa Garcia Febles. He is a bartender and a former rum ambassador for Puerto Rico. And I also have Alicia Kennedy. She's a food and beverage writer. And she recently produced an event that raised money for Serve PR, which is an organization helping raise funds for uh, Puerto Rico. I'm sure many of you know of the recent hurricane that well, basically decimated Puerto Rico. Um, and Alicia has been working really hard to help uh, with efforts for getting food and other resources over there. So welcome to the show, Alicia and Rafa. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for, for coming on today. Um, Rafa, you're from Puerto Rico, which is one of the reasons <laughs> you're here today. Yeah. Uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about like where I, you're from? And I and stole someone else's job tonight by coming here. Uh, okay. No. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, yeah, so I, I grew up in Puerto Rico, first uh, 18 or so years of my life. Uh, my family's from there. My parents still live there. Uh, my extended family lives there. Um, we've lived there for generations, like going back to the 1500s in some cases. It's, it's just where we're from. Uh, I'm, a, I'm a pretty pale guy, so people always ask me, okay, but where are your parents really from? And my answer is always, well, it's actually Puerto Rico. It's, uh, it, uh, people don't necessarily have a very formed opinion or or view of what the island is uh but uh if they do it tends to be flatter and less dimensional than the actual thing uh and so you know like i i suppose i end up being like a a kind of ambassador of that in a lot of ways in my life 
like not just through the rum connection, but no, in yeah. other ways as well. Mm-hmm. Um, Alicia, what's your connection to Puerto Rico? Um, my paternal grandmother is from the island, but my real connection has just been uh, writing about food and drink, mostly in San Juan for the last uh, two and a half years. And can you kind of, for those, I don't know, who haven't been following the news as closely, kind of like bring us up to speed with what happened with the hurricane and where things are, well, it, where they stand? It, it seems that agriculture has been completely decimated. Um, chefs uh, are cooking, but it does. we don't know how long they'll be able to keep doing that if, if the supply chain doesn't change. And this is only in San Juan. Outside of that area, everything is basically destroyed from what I can, I'm hearing. Uh, right. We've, we, it's, uh, communications are still down in a lot of the island. Are, um, you, are you able to communicate with your family at this point? Uh, yes. Uh, my parents are in the metropolitan area around San Juan. Um, I'm lucky enough to almost always be able to reach them at this point, though the, the, the few days after the hurricane hit were rough. Um, yeah, no, every, every, I'm very lucky in that everybody in my family, uh, for the most part, is safe. Um, they're, they're doing about as well as can be expected under the circumstances. Same with all your people that you know over there, Alicia? Well, everyone I know is basically in San Juan, so yes, mm-hmm. they're good. Yeah. Um, so... Tell me a little bit about, like, both individually and collectively, like, what you, what kind of efforts you guys have been working on to, to raise money and help support. Um, well, I was put in a group on Facebook uh, right after the hurricane of for trying to figure out how to help out-of-work hospitality workers on the island. And um, through that, we basically organized the fundraiser last Saturday that happened at the Brooklyn Kitchen. Um, we had Chef Maria Grubb, who is the executive chef at Gallo Negro in Santurce, which is a neighborhood in San Juan. And she came up from Florida where she was kind of stranded following a wedding. Um, and she cooked. We got food from the Union Square Green Market that was all donated by farmers. Um, we Union Market was a sponsor. So was Q Drinks, Danku, um, and some uh, Maestro Dobel Tequila was a sponsor. Um and yeah, we got a ton of people wanted to do raffles, and we we raised ten thousand dollars on Saturday. That's fantastic. And Rafa bartended. That's amazing. Yeah, me and Roberto Rosa, two two bartenders from the island. Yes. Yeah. Uh, which for me, this was a very simple matter of Alicia reaching out on Facebook and asking if I wanted to do it, and I was like, yes, of course. Yeah. I, anything I could. I don't. You know, I, I I'm not a logistics person. I can't be on the ground over there helping packets of food be delivered, but I can at least make drinks for people and raise money that way. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that that's what I've been doing. Uh, last night we had uh, a really successful, uh, gorgeous fundraising event uh, at a bar called Vaughn in Manhattan uh, as part of the Going Up series, which is a series of uh, pop-up bars for charity organized by a gentleman named uh, BQ Nguyen. Uh, last night's was all for Puerto Rico. It was me and, uh, I think nine or 10 other bartenders, several of them Puerto Rican. Uh, one of them just flown in, Ivan Letier, uh, from the island, uh, just like the day before. Um, and it was so exciting to see him get to work and just see the incredible hustle and energy he, yeah. he brought to the, to the event. Uh, and it was beautiful to see all of our colleagues in the, the bar and restaurant world come out and spend 
you know, it was $10 a drink. And I think all my friends had tabs in the hundreds of dollars. Wow. Yeah. Um, were you, are you making drinks at these events that are like Puerto Rico themed or like utilize, you know, flavors or, or spirits that are, are more specific to the country? Uh, definitely. I mean, uh, at and like, what, what are those, for example? Like, I don't really know beyond sort of like a, like a general idea of like what Puerto Rican food or drinks are. No, of course. Um, well, Puerto Rican food is a whole other animal. I don't feel qualified to speak on it as a whole, but it's... Well, you did grow up there. Yeah. I mean, you... Okay, it's delicious. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, before the, the, the hurricane hit, uh, small-scale agriculture, kind of locavore agriculture, had, had been coming back in a big way. Uh, this is something you can speak on much right. more, Alicia. But, uh, and it's been really exciting to see. Last time I was on the island, um, I was speaking with a friend who, who works in the restaurant industry who runs uh, a booth at a um, at a place called Lote 23, which is um, just, you know, like a pop-up food mart, like a smorgasbord type thing. Uh, and he was talking about trying to work in uh, indigenous flavors that maybe aren't available outside the island into cocktails. Uh, I visited a really fascinating, awesome bar called uh, uh, Jungle Bird um, on the island that... Uh, devoted a lot of its menu to drinks from around the tropics or drinks in a tropical style from the United States, but also just uh, gave a really uh, local uh, spin on them using ingredients that I'd literally never seen before used in a cocktail because they're not widely available. I've only bartended really in New York uh, and I can't, I don't have access to them. And it was so cool to see that happening. Like uh, what kind of ingredients are you speaking of? Um, uh, Genepa, so I don't know how to translate that, uh, what it's called in English, but mm -hmm. they're like these little sour uh, fruit, almost like limes, but with a really like gel gelatinous body. Uh, and, yeah, they're, they're really weird. I don't know why they're such a beloved treat in Puerto Rico, because like texturally they're gross. Uh, and the seeds are most of the fruit. So, you know, it's hell to work with, I have to imagine, uh, culinarily. <laughs> but uh, that... Um, you know, they 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 had an they had a, an orja, which is just traditionally just an almond syrup that they made with some local nuts. I don't even remember what it was, but uh, oh. they used that in their mai tai, and it was bomb. <laughs> uh, yeah, last night. Well, um, at the at the part the uh, the fundraiser, the Eat It Maria fundraiser on Saturday, uh, I was trying to keep it really simple and basic, and just do uh, classic drinks of the Caribbean, or just showcase the the rums that Donku uh, graciously donated. So I just made an old fashioned with their aged expressions, which are lovely rums that don't really need a lot of tinkering with to be really, really sippable, uh, and a, a daiquiri, every bartender's favorite go to drink. Yeah. Pure refreshment. So I think we've seen a lot in the news and like, I don't know, maybe just in conversations amongst ourselves that there's been so much attention focused on Puerto Rico all of a sudden, not all of a sudden, but, you know, more so than usual. And it just it brought to light like how very ignorant most Americans are when it comes to sort of our understanding and misconceptions about Puerto Rico. I mean, even our president, not that that's in any way surprising that he would be <laughs> ignorant and misinformed. But I mean, why, like, what are some of the misconceptions that you've identified in having conversations and, and why do you think there are so many? Well, first of all, people don't know that it's essentially a colony, even yeah. though we don't call it that. Um, and I think that's, that stems from our ed 
poor education where we're not allowed to know that our U the U.S. government does terrible, evil things like <laughs> colonize other islands. And I think, yeah, it, it all really just stems from that. And so then people don't realize that Puerto Ricans are citizens. They don't realize that Puerto Ricans are in the military, that, but also don't have the right to vote if they live on the island. So it, it's, it's by design, I think, that we have no idea usually about Puerto Rico unless we have an actual connection to it. That's so true. It just doesn't come up. It never comes up, yeah. And I mean, I've written about Puerto Rico so much and for so many different outlets, and I am never allowed to call it a colony. Like, unless someone uses the word colonized in a quote, uh -huh. there is no, I'm, it is always changed. You're never allowed to Oh, you to mean like your editor just kind the of editor, slyly yeah. will change that? It's, I mean, it's a, a fact check, technically, but uh -huh. um, it's a fact check that keeps this colonial mindset in place, you know? Right, that's extremely fraught, even from a Puerto Rican perspective. Mm. Like, I will plainly call it a colony, but uh, I'm, I'm going to get some angry text messages from family members <laughs> about that. Uh, yeah, it's. I, I think that's a very good point that it's by design that we're sort of hidden and occluded and, and liminal to the main U.S. Uh, that's that's just part of the logic of colonialism. It's here's a base of resources that we can harvest, uh, but let's not treat them as a main part of the body politic. Let's not fully integrate them into the, the cultural and civic life of, uh, of the mainland. That's so, that's like blowing my mind that like, there's such deep seated colonialism that it's like ingrained into the copy editing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was thinking about this, watching, uh, the, the governor of Puerto Rico interacting with, with Trump, uh, who the, the governor, uh, Ricky Rosselló, who is not, not a politician I would normally defend. And in fact, one of my many resentments with the president is that I'm now called on to defend another politician I hate. Oh, right? It's like when everyone's <laughs> like, I miss Bush. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, that's another thing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, you don't. Uh, right? No, you don't. <laughs> but yeah. But, but watching, I mean, Trump in Puerto Rico was so funny because mm. he, which I, well, funny is one word for it, but, mm -hmm. but he just brought out all of these Puerto Rican officials and all these first responders and all these military officials and had them praise him. Ugh. I was like, can you, s he, he brought out Jennifer Rubin, who's our, our uh, non-voting representative in, in Congress. And I was like, you, you said some lovely things about the administration. Can you, can you repeat them for the cameras basically? And our, our governor is basically doing this servile song and dance thing where he, where he just, praises Trump continuously because he doesn't want to cut off the spigot of support. He doesn't want to end up like uh, Carmen Julin, the, the, the mayor of San Juan, who, who, you know, was pilloried for having the temerity to uh, say that we could be getting more help from the government while also just being a brown woman who, you know, yeah, dared probably, to speak out against the president. Yeah, he didn't want to be in a Twitter war with him. <laughs> I mean, she had a great response. She's like, I'm out here saving lives. I don't care about this. <laughs> Mm -hmm. uh, she yes. got invited to a, a, a phone call uh, to coordinate efforts uh, in Puerto Rico among administration officials, and she was the only. She was a non-participating, non-speaking member. It was a conference call. She did not have the ability to speak. Yeah, I want to hear more from her. Absolutely, I think we will going forward. I think so too. She's going to be the. She's like if there's a the star breakout star of Hurricane out, Maria. Yeah, every every tragedy has a, a star now. So yeah, right. she's it. Yeah, Alicia, I'd love to hear you talk um, a little bit about 
what Rafa sort of started to allude to. I mean, the the pre-existing problems of access and equality that happen are, are happening on the on the local level there with the food system. Well, it's um, it's always been a problem. I mean, there now everyone's talking about the Jones Act, and they um, they did away with it, but for only for 10 days. And this has been something everyone I talked to there has been saying for years needs to go away because it requires every import to come in on an American ship and be go through an American port. And this makes it so that, you know, bars don't have ingredients that... So there, was, there were resources to- that came in on ships, but they were just stuck... Well, this is before Hurricane Maria. Okay. um, Even before the hurricane, this colonial policy made it so that everything that came in had to come in on American ships and was more expensive. Uh, And there were other laws that made it so that products grown on the island were often more expensive than imports. So they were importing 80% of their food already. So to be cut off from the world and have its own agriculture decimated creates a massive, massive problem. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's like, I mean, that's a, a surprisingly high amount of imports that they're relying on for, I guess, a colony that I would consider to be pretty fertile. Yeah, absolutely. And um, I remember I did an interview with a chef based in Isabella in 2015, and there was a hurricane that downed a ship at that point that was bringing over... Um, uh, product like vegetables and, and whatnot, and that led to him having no access to like fresh greens for a month or something, and uh, that's just something no one was talking about. Um, yeah. Yeah. When I when I was growing up, all the food I was getting was processed, was from the mainland, was was canned, uh, was cheese whiz. We're apparently one of the biggest consumers of cheese whiz in the world. Uh, Why is that? Right. I don't know. That's so bizarre. <laughs> I. I mean, that, those are, I, I would just never associate that. I've probably taken years off my lifespan just from eating, like, cheese with sandwiches as a little kid. But, uh, <laughs> yeah. I don't want to say, ew, that's judgy. But like, <laughs> <laughs> you can say, yeah. That's not being judgy of Puerto Ricans. That's just being judgy of cheese with, the, just the, to be clear. The, uh, the, the Jones Act. And <laughs> when we say the Jones Act, we're conflating two different things, so I want to be a little right. more specific. Mm-hmm. It's, okay. the, it's the Thank Merchant you. Marine Act of 1920. Um, had its roots in wanting to protect quote-unquote American interests in the the Caribbean uh, right after World War One, when, you know, there was fear-mongering about, like, German U-boats and, and what have you being in the water. Uh, but in effect, a lot of what it's been uh, since its inception is basically a kind of a protection racket. It's just been uh, a secondary tax imposed on Puerto Rican consumers uh, where the, the United States makes money by, like, basically making it hard to deliver things to the island. Mm. And that combined with other incentives and disincentives uh, that have burdened agriculture on the island uh, has made it so that we import a a lot of our food. Um, And it's not just, it's every agricultural product. When I was working with the rum companies of Puerto Rico, I learned that we hadn't grown sugarcane really in any real capacity on the island since the 1970s. Everybody was buying uh, molasses from Guyana, from from Central America, uh, that's started to change in the last few years. It has been really a, a really welcome change for for the island. Uh, but now, of course, we have this massive setback of just total devastation from this 
uh, natural disaster that's also in a lot of ways that we're seeing a political disaster. Yeah. Um, so what's what's kind of like the reality now? Like how quickly are resources coming in and what's the prediction in terms of being able to recover quickly enough before I guess, I mean, I, I guess the worst case scenario would be like a almost like a famine-like condition. Yes. Uh, I mean, infrastructure, everyone is just, you know, you have to be able to get everything. There's so much stuff coming in that's not just just not getting to anyone. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Yeah, my, my mom described going to the actual port uh, in San Juan and seeing all of the like, just piled up boxes of deliverables that, you know, there's been there's been such a great response from, from people all around the world in the United States of people, everybody wanting to donate and send things. And that's wonderful. But, you know, there's no roads in a mm. lot of places. Yeah. Uh, a lot of the trucks that are equipped to carry that kind of thing aren't in service or people can't leave their homes to get to their trucks because they, they're in dire straits. Uh, a lot of the very remote places on the west side of the island and in the mountains uh, just haven't been able to get them. Now, now that we have more of a military presence, which, which is a double-edged sword, but you know, in this case, these are people who are equipped to, to navigate this kind of terrain... We're starting to see that uh, some of that stuff reach out there, and there's some really good uh, charities and foundations that are focused on on the harder to reach parts of uh, of the island. Um, but it's really just been an infrastructural kind of logistical problem. We 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 have all this food arriving in the prosperous uh, port area around San Juan, but how do we get it to the rest of the island? We're going to take a quick break with Alicia and Rafa, and then we'll be back to talk about the chef effort that's happening over in Puerto Rico. Today's program is proudly brought to you by Whole Foods Market. Whole Foods Market believes in seeking out local, fresh, and seasonal food and in supporting local farmers, makers, and the community as a whole, economically and agriculturally. Whole Foods Market believes in food that is vivid and colorful, fresh and full of nutrients. Food that connects you to your body, the seasons, and to nature. Food that helps you do more, sleep better, and wake up happier. Found in over 400 locations throughout the United States, Whole Foods Market only sells food that meets their standards, which means no artificial colors, flavors, preservatives, or sweeteners, ever. Whole Foods Market believes in real food. Visit WholeFoodsMarket.com or download the Whole Foods Market app to learn more. You're listening to Food Without Borders on HeritageRadioNetwork.org. I am your host, Sari Kamen, and I've been in studio with bartender Rafa Garcia Febles and food and beverage writer Alicia Kennedy, and we've been talking about the situation happening in Puerto Rico. Um, So I've been following Twitter lately, uh, and Jose Andres, the chef, has had an amazing presence there. Um, The work that he's doing has really just been inspiring um, feeding people in Puerto Rico, just like becoming a one-man army and just getting to like, thousands of people every day. 
why is it that our, our food leaders are more successful and more ambitious at identifying logistical issues and, and creating strategies and just getting on the ground and feeding people than our elected officials are, do you think, in your opinion? I would say it's, I mean, well, running a kitchen is a logistical situation. So it's it's more like an issue of scale than it is of talent or like know-how in this sort of situation. And I mean, I'd also say that everyone in food has this natural inclination to take care of people that mm, maybe politicians point. do not have. <laughs> 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 yeah, they like literally care that people are yeah, fed and if you eating work, well. If you work in food, it, it, you want you want everyone to be happy. You want and mm-hmm. you want every, and that's really as simple as it is, I think. And and that's why we see people in food step up so hard. It's like all presidents should have to be waiters first. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> or chefs. All people who walk in Midtown Manhattan should have to work in a kitchen <laughs> to learn how to walk around each other. Are you guys aware of any other? I don't know efforts that have come together like obviously Jose Andres is is kind of like leading a movement and I don't know who else is working with him specifically but I'm sure there's other you know groups that have have popped up or like specific chefs that you know of right Jose Andres has been working with Jose Enrique who has the great restaurant in Torce that is probably the most famous restaurant in Puerto Rico um and then I a lot of people in agriculture have kind of stepped up um Tara Rodriguez Basoa of El Departamento de la Comida is collecting seeds. She was in New York recently and was sending fresh food down from farmers in New York. Um, Paul Lebron at Grow NYC is also collecting seeds. So if anyone wants to be part of that effort, and they're also part of apparently a Queers in the Kitchen canning brigade um, that is pickling items to send down that have more shelf life but are still fresh, good food. Pickling yeah. for Puerto Rico. Yes, exactly. This so, is my favorite thing I've ever heard. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. No, oh, and um, actually in New York on November 5th, there's another food-related pop-up um, where some a supper club is popping up at District Social called New York Loves uh, Puerto Rico, and that they'll be raising funds as well. Yeah, and tonight, actually, uh, Loverboy, a bar in uh, Manhattan, is doing a uh, loaded Tecate fundraiser for Puerto Rico um, started like just now that uh, it should be going into all hours of the night oh great nice yep. are you guys going to be involved with any other parties or you know fundraisers that are coming up or do you have any ideas for any others to organize I'm sure it'll come up at some point right now I'm trying to get back to uh, writing because I, I need to make money <laughs> fair enough so you can donate more yes yeah. <laughs> um, I've been gun for hire for a while and yeah Speaking of donating, it's always confusing, you know, where to throw your money. There's a lot of different places and it feels overwhelming. What was the organization that you're, it was... Serve PR. Okay, so what do they do? Um, They are going to be helping to basically maintain and and keep a food and drink industry on the island and Hmm. not have everyone leave. Um, So because 30 percent of what is it 30 percent of the economy is based in yeah 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 so it's really important that the people are able to rebuild their restaurants and bars and and maintain a staff and and that sort of thing so that's what surf pr is doing um most of my friends have recommended the uh, mariafund.org to donate to Um, mariafund does really good work 
Um, yeah, the so the the first lady of Puerto Rico uh, has has put together uh, an organization called United for Puerto Rico that's getting a lot of publicity and seems to be like a, a very effective fundraiser. Uh, I'd like to draw attention to or suggest that if people can and if they're able to, unfortunately, these websites are going to be in Spanish. Uh, that that might be limiting for some people, uh, but right now the west side of the island uh, the and the southwest are the hardest hit areas of the island and uh we there are some organizations working to deliver some of this food that we were talking about to to those areas uh one of them is called uh mano a mano ayudamos a puerto rico uh, so like hand to hand we we help puerto rico um and another one is uh, brigada solidaria del oeste so like solidarity Brigade of, of, of the West, which is an awesome band name if no one's taken it yet. <laughs> um, you should email me that and we'll yeah. put it on the awesome. show site for today. Yeah, and what about other ideas other than just donating, which is you know obviously the best thing you can do, but calling senators, anything else action-wise? Uh, of all people, uh, Senator John McCain uh, has proposed legisl- or uh, co-sponsored legislation uh, permanently uh, removing Puerto Rico from from the Jones Act, from, yeah. uh, which would be huge not just for Maria but for general Puerto Rico re- rebuilding. Uh, I'm, you know, I'm not a, I'm I, I'm not a, a scholar of the technical details of this, but but the Merchant Marine Act is very much tied up in Puerto Rico's ongoing debt crisis, and anything that could help Puerto Rico economically, especially now, would be very helpful. Mm-hmm. Uh, President Trump made headlines for uh, remo- for uh, exempting Puerto Rico for from the Jones Act, but as Alicia mentioned, it's only for 10 days. Ship travel is very slow, especially for container ships. That's basically nothing. Uh, we need to make that. He did throw paper towels, though, to be fair. He did go to my neighborhood and pull off a sick jump shot uh, <laughs> with paper towels. Uh, that... <laughs> Hero. Yeah, that... That guy who who said we need everything done for us yeah. uh, while having like a small army of attendants. At you must have loved hearing that. Oh yeah, like I, <laughs> nothing. I love being told more that I'm lazy and ungrateful, uh, and everybody I knew back home is too. It's all right. He might be a gesticulating blob made out of like two week old gravy, but uh, I'm the lazy one. Yeah. <laughs> no one has ever said that on this show. I'm so glad that it happened. <laughs> um. We had points to make before I started dunking on, on Trump. It's okay. Yeah. Um, where where can we? Sorry, did you have something you wanted to add to that, Alicia? Okay, so so I'm sure everyone would love to follow you guys and your efforts and, and hear more insults like that, Rafa. <laughs> um, what is the best way to stay in touch with both of you? Are you on Twitter or Instagram? I'm not on anything. Well, I, I I'm not just good old fashioned stalking at all. Yeah, just stalk me. Come watch me bartend. Where do you bartend? Um, I bartend at a restaurant called Covina um, at 27th and Park Avenue and uh, nine stories above it at a rooftop bar called Simply the Roof. Ooh, that sounds swanky. Uh, that's s- still open for another couple of weeks, bizarrely, here in uh Oh, because it's the roof. And then you'll be down at Covina And I'll be down at Covina full time. Yeah. Okay. I, yeah. Great. Alicia? I, I'm on Twitter. Uh, my name's Alicia Kennedy. And... Yeah, that's the best. That's the place where I yell the most. <laughs> the loudest. The and loudest. sometimes Lin-Manuel Miranda hears you. Yeah, sometimes that happens, and then I spend a week freaking out. 
trying it's to very entertaining. put a fundraiser <laughs> together. Yes, yeah. yes. Um, well, cool. Thank you both, Alicia and Rafa, for coming on and being so knowledgeable and for giving us the tools we need to help the situation in Puerto Rico. And thank you all for listening. Please go do something that feels helpful. Don't throw paper towels. <laughs> Donate money. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thanks for listening to Food Without Borders on Heritage Radio. Uh, just like tonight, we will be at 7 o'clock going forward, so make sure to tune in at this time, or you can download the archived podcast anytime on Heritage Radio Network or at iTunes or at Stitcher. We'll see you next week. listening to Heritage Radio Network, food radio supported by you. For our freshest content and to hear about exclusive events, subscribe to our newsletter. Enter your email at the bottom of our website, heritageradionetwork.org. Connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at heritage underscore radio. Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization driving conversations to make the world a better, fairer, more delicious place. And we couldn't do it without support from listeners like you. Want to be a part of the food world's most innovative community? Rate the shows you like, tell your friends, and please join our community by becoming a member. Just click on the beating heart at the top right of our homepage. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.